Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, thanks for listening to Dirt and Sprague On Demand, a Service Patriots podcast. Service Patriots is your home comfort solution for all your heating and air conditioning needs. Check out the latest special offers for our listeners at servicepatriots.com slash the fan. Dirt and Sprague are getting ready for a football feast. I like bacon and football. They've got really good meat. they got great meat. Just get all fat and sassy. This is a Rivalry Week edition of Dirt and Sprague. Brought to you by P.G. Long, your Northwest flooring experts. Online at pglongllc.com. Rivalry Week with Dirt and Sprague on the Odyssey app and 1080. Deep down, I'm, I'm fat. The fan. Hey, let's do this final hour. Dirt and Sprague here on a Tuesday. Portland Sports Leader, 1080 The Fan, 99.5 HD2, the Odyssey app, and live on YouTube every single day. The shows are there. Always. You can go catch them. YouTube.com backslash 1080 The Fan. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Like the video. Makes us feel better. And who doesn't like to feel better? Happy Thanksgiving week. Happy Civil War week. Uh, we'll get to Bill Connolly coming up in a moment, and we'll kick the mail sack to 830. My Thanksgiving is tomorrow. You're doing a, two, a Wednesday Thanksgiving? Yeah, because I got there's all these family things yeah. going on, so Thursday doesn't work, so we had to bump it to Wednesday night. Okay, I actually would kind of prefer that if I'm being honest with you. Well, the wife and I thought about that actually because initially I was like, ah, and I don't push back much, but I was like, ah, and she goes, well, we don't have anything going on Thursday. And I go, I do. Getting high and I'm watching football. Yeah, day. you get to sit around and watch the Lions, <laughs> the Cowboys, Niners, and Seahawks. I'm gonna teach my kids how to gamble. That's a, yeah. yeah. Daddy likes the Niners minus six and a half. My oldest <laughs> has actually picked up on the point spread stuff. She goes, "Who do we like and by how much?" Yeah. <laughs> Red <wife>. team by <laughs> six. There you go. We're gonna work on fractions today. Yeah, let's work on. Actually, she is doing fractions, there ratios, and fractions. And I, I learned. Let's convert decimals to fractions. Swag. I learned how to do uh, equivalent ratios there last week. I'm already wondering in Smudge's life how quickly it'll take me to not be able to help with math homework. Uh, fourth grade, because you'll find that like doing eight plus five is different now. Why? We're using tens. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. It's, look, all the teachers. We changed the way math is done. Oh, yeah. yeah. So eight plus Big five time. is no longer just the answer. What's... No, no, no. It's the answer, but okay. you don't just go. It's eight plus five. Yeah. You do eight plus five is how many tens and then how many ones. What are we doing here? Yeah. Thank what you. What are we doing? Welcome to my hell for the last five years. Now, I will give the teachers at least this. My okay? kid going to get in trouble if I don't teach him that way and just do eight plus well, five is eight plus five? deciding the curriculum. They have to execute the No, curriculum. but teachers are backing the curriculum. They say it's... It, there's well, a, not all teachers. Not all. But there is a way that this math is supposed to make kids pick up math quicker. Now, I'm too stupid to be doing that. I don't get it at all. Doesn't make any sense. Uh, but yeah, you find that you're doing those equations differently. 
in fact, I'll give you another example. I made my kid, I asked her what her grades were. Yeah. She missed one day because she got sick. Her PE grade now is a B. I think it's ridiculous. Like, we're missing one day and we're great grade drops. How do you get a B in PE? That's what I said. And she goes, yeah. Well, I missed a day. And I, you miss a day? Your grade, your grade drops? What are we doing? I thought we were giving everybody diplomas nowadays. Isn't that the, the path? And then she has a C in social studies. And I said, Well, what happened there? And she goes, <laughs> Well, I'm, I I got a five out of ten, and I went, oh, what? And she goes, the homework assignment you helped me on. <laughs> uh oh, longitude and latitude. A little geography challenging you. Well, <laughs> I thought you're trying to get all like, a C. What'd you get a C and, for? And she said it, and I went, oh yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah. feel confident in that one. Uh, it was my bad. My bad on that one. I I'll thought be social better. studies was history, and it's not. It's like. <laughs> Well, it includes there's some history, but it's also geography. I did not do that. In my social studies at Park Rose, and maybe that's a Park Rose problem when I was young, we just did history. It, they just didn't call <laughs> oh, it U.S. No, history. Freshman year uh, social studies at Lakeridge was all almost all geography and understanding the history of the land itself. Oh, no. We started with like, and the white people took it. Oh. Like, that was social studies. <laughs> I already know my my approach to helping my kid with homework is going to be like my dad. Like, yeah, you're on your own. Figure it out. Yeah. My mom helped. She was the one that would, like, you know, drop everything and probably end up doing my homework for me. And I know my wife is going to be that way. She's smarter than me, too, when it comes to that kind of stuff. I'm going to be like, yeah, you're on your Figure it out. Figure it out. <laughs> you're on your own. Good luck to you. Social <laughs> studies, all right? Come on. Math is probably going to be different by the time your kid's old enough for it. Yeah, I, I learned I, how to count. Play, my, my grandfather taught me how to play blackjack when I was five, and that's how I learned how to count. Strip poker, kindergarten, same thing. Love it. Um, uh, all right, Bill Connolly coming look, up. Look at our families. Grandpa uh, Phil the American great. dreams. They turned then, out great. So then he invited the neighbor over one time. And I just kept getting blackjacks, and I cleaned the neighbor out, and I then that. I learned cuss words. There you go. <laughs> and then one life lesson to the next. You're damn right you did. Yeah, I'm just going to teach my kid how you make parlays on Sundays. That was my favorite thing. Before we went to church, we'd watch it, walk up to the corner store, we'd pick our three games, oh, go I place your sports days. action, three-team parlay, and then we'd sit in church every Sunday morning and be like, why are we here? We should be watching NFL football. Yep. There should be a way to watch every game so we can see how our bets are doing. And now look at us. Look how far we've come. How bad huh? did you want to tell your mom you don't buy what she's selling you in church? <laughs> I don't want to be here, man. Come on, Mom. You know kind of life I'm living right now? It's early on a Sunday morning. What are we doing here? Um, what is the biggest storyline going into the Civil War for you? Peekaboo. As we play a little peekaboo. Is it the nostalgia of the game? Is it the upset factor of what Oregon, Oregon State could do the 08 thing? Return the favor from 2008. Although, mm -hmm. I guess they kind of did it last year, knocking them out of the Pac-12 title game. Yeah. Oregon with a chance to go 11-1. and Like, what's the biggest storyline for you on a Tuesday of Civil War week? I, I don't know where both you guys reside. I know we have different uh, alliances on this I, I think my takeaway because I know I feel like I know what Oregon is I know what Oregon is capable of and what they can do my, my thing is pretty simple Oregon State show up for a road game like yesterday Damian Martinez posted on his Instagram in a team meeting FTD and I love that I love leaning into the rivalry I you give me all the players hating each other yes and I'm for it there, there's not I think Oregon State fan is going into this like this is our team this is the last game of the year like F it, let's go. And I, that's the right approach. But, like, also in the back of their brains, they know this team sucks on the road. For whatever reason, the last two seasons, they're not good on the road. They're not close to the same team as they are at home. So, like, my thing is, can you just show up? Hmm. Show up and play your style of football, and this game can be closer than some think. 
They don't have any evidence they can do it, though. And so, like, I just don't want to see rollover. Oregon, if they can, will try to run the score up. They're mad about last year still, and they should be. And also, they need this win for their resume. It would look really good on their resume. Yeah, style points matter at this a- time of year. Absolutely. So, we know what Oregon's going to do and what they're capable of. I know what Oregon State's been on the road. Can you prove me wrong? Please show up and play football. Stop making boneheaded decisions from a coaching perspective. No fake field goals. And how about we just open the bag? Just open it all up. Play Aiden Childs multiple possessions if you want. Put DJ and Aiden Childs in the backfield. Make them go, what the hell is happening? Do some stuff that's different and execute because it's been... Not very good on the road for them this season. Well, before I, I quickly, I did want to bring this up because you mentioned the showing up on the road thing. I was watching Smith's presser yesterday, and it was kind of interesting. One of the lingering questions that kept getting asked over and over and over again is just about the mindset of his team. Yes. Because they got nothing to pl- technically to play for this weekend other than being spoiler. I, I'd argue where you play your bowl game. Sure. You would, yeah. So I really want to go to the San Diego one with my wife, and I, you know, that's kind of yeah, like holiday looming. bowl or yeah. Vegas bowl right. or Alamo bowl, depending. So that is, that will be decided. But in terms of like, if you would have beaten Washington, this game would have been for potentially a trip to the Pac 12 title game. And so you would have had that on the line. And he was asked a bunch that, about that yesterday of like, are you worried about your team? I don't know, not showing up because of that or not having that motivation that they needed. Yeah, I mean, he downplayed that, but just I wanted to uh, copy on what you were saying and add that to it. As much as I'll be rooting for for the Beavers, I think the story that what I am most curious about is can the Ducks put themselves in position to be there for the college football playoff committee that if there are not four undefeated teams, will they be can they put themselves in position enough to overcome what Texas or Alabama or Louisville might be able to pull off and be that fourth team if if there's an opening? Well, if there's four undefeated yeah. teams, well, one, that means they're Oregon losing to Washington, again. Yeah. so it doesn't matter. But can they affirm that they are the best one-loss team and in position to, to be in the playoffs? You know, another thing, too, just to, as a sticking point on kind of what you're saying, Swag, the other part of this is it's, it's not to suggest that it's um, – the most physical in the country. But the aspect that Washington's at home against what looks like, at least on paper, a patsy, a team that's not very good. They've struggled most of this year since they started out their undefeated you know, streak. And nobody's giving the Cougs a chance I, in that game. And nobody. I, I'm, I'm one of them. I'll be in the nobody. Like, I, I'm, I don't think this will be a game. I think the Huskies are going to roll them by 20. If you're the team that everybody thinks you are, and we're talking about rattling off, that you should roll them by 20. And so, like... If that happens, and then Oregon has to be at home against just a more physical team in Oregon State, and that's kind of an under-the-radar thing here for the Pac-12 title game, assuming Oregon wins their game in Eugene. Mm -hmm. Is there any carryover, or is that not a thing for this Oregon team? Is like, how physical, how close? If Oregon rolls, then this isn't a conversation. But if this goes into the fourth quarter, and it's like within a 10- to 8-point margin, and you're kind of a little tight, like, oh, come on. There's a physical aspect after playing Oregon State where you got to go play the Huskies next, and they got to kind of just coast in mm-hmm. their rivalry game. We assume, yeah. We assume, right. And I could be wrong on that, but I, I just kind of wonder if that is going to linger at all as well. Yeah, I mean, I brought that up last week going into this game. and ended up working out that way, but I brought up that being an advantage for Oregon over Oregon State because they did exactly what they were supposed to do against Arizona State and basically didn't have to play a starter the entire second half. They stayed healthy. They got everybody out of the game, and Oregon State did what? They were in a knockdown, drag-out fight for four, all the way to the end of the ballgame and pouring cold rain, and Oregon was putting their feet up, drinking Kool-Aid, watching the second half. I'm not even mad at him, but, like, 
uh, I walked away from that UW game and I got in the car with my cousin and I listened to the post game with Doc Parker and, and they played some cuts from the coaches and players. And I, I said this yesterday, but I don't know why this kind of like bothered me a little bit. Mostly I don't get too hot and bothered by losses. It's like kind of whatever and mm-hmm. how close they are usually. DJ just coming out and thanking Oregon State and like, I don't know. Like I get it. He was honored at the senior ceremony before the game. Of, yeah. Kind of like a thank you. It was awesome that he chose Oregon State. Nobody saw a five-star guy doing that. But why it bothered me is like, you still have a game left. What are we thanking a program for? What are you thinking of coaching for? You got a shot at 10 wins if you win this weekend. I, I just, yeah. I was kind of like, the season's not over. And I don't, I don't know. I know he didn't mean it this way, but his tone kind of came yeah. across of, hey, it was great while I was here. And it's like, you still got another game. And by the way, it's your baby brother. Yes. Go try to beat your baby brother down on the road. <laughs> Went somewhere they haven't won since 07. And Lanning was asked about that last night. He said, what's your advice to Mateo? He said, go hit your brother. Go hit your brother a lot. I love that their dad loves it, too. He's like, you know what? I'm kind of curious to see what happens. Go light him up, baby. There you go. I wanted to get a little peekaboo with the Civil War. It is coming up. It's going to be here before we know it. It's on Friday. And uh, we'll obviously have more on the game tomorrow. Where's your confidence meter? One out of ten, I'd go eight. Wow. I think it's an eight. Swag, I, that's pretty high. Eight out of ten. I just, I like the matchup. I, I get I it. I like the matchup. No, Oregon State this year, not quite the same. Not and the same again, on the road, road thing. Yeah. yeah. If it was in Corvallis, it definitely would not be an eight. There's just, I just, I don't know. I like the matchup. So we'll see. We'll have more on that game tomorrow, obviously. And then uh, we will be on the air Friday morning. So if you're driving down to the game or if you're up early shopping, we will be here. Let's talk some more college football with our good friend Bill Connolly of ESPN, the SP Plus model. What does he make of all these games and the way the teams are playing? He joins us coming up next on The Fam. In this wide world of sports, some stories can slip through the cracks. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. This is the Daily Ticker, where Dirt and Sprague visit the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about, and some you haven't. How'd you do that? I'm not even mad. It's amazing. The Daily Ticker with Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. All right, Daily Ticker time. A little bit later here on a Tuesday, let's talk some college football with good friend of the program, Bill Connolly, ESPN, SP Plus Mod. At ESPN underscore Bill C is one of the absolute best out there covering, talking about, and writing about college football. Bill, good morning to you. I There's a lot of local angles I want to go down. I want to start with one nationally because I'm starting to get real scared, Bill, and I don't know how to feel about it. And you wrote about it this week. Real scared. Real scared. <laughs> uh, is anybody going to be able to beat Georgia? Mm. Mm. Uh, I mean, it feels like the moment's passed. It does. Um, <laughs> Damn it. I. I, I will say, like, if, if you're looking for hope, A, their, their run defense still isn't nearly as good as it's been in recent years, and plenty of teams they could face in future weeks can run the ball. So, I mean, if you can do that and control the ball, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it's only been, what, two weeks since Missouri really, really made them work in Athens, and, yeah. and Michigan and Ohio State at the very least are better than Missouri. So that's true. That's true. It's not, it's, it's not over, but – yeah, when you go from underachieving projections every single week and, and letting every single team you play be tied with you like 20 minutes into the game, and then you're out just absolutely throwing haymakers and knockout punches against Tennessee and Ole Miss and Florida as well. like It, it certainly feels like the odds are shrinking uh, as time goes on here. Uh, Bill, I, I loved your, your latest piece at ESPN.com. You have all these different things you kind of hit on, and one of them that is of great interest to us out here is the Heisman race. Uh, Bo Nix, I think yesterday, was actually dethroned as the favorite. I think Jaden Daniels jumped ahead of him after our show. Mm. But he is number one on your Heisman of the week, and I... I you're pointing out everything that was amazing that they did in Tempe. Daniels was second, and then Jabbar Muhammad from Washington, who had the two picks and the fumble recovery, uh, was third. We've talked about this award all year, and I 
I'm just kind of, I've been a little confused, admittedly, why Daniels and Penix, especially Penix for me, hasn't been number one and stayed number one. They're undefeated. His numbers are insane. And Knicks has kind of been at the top of this list. If you had a vote, who would you vote for for Heisman? And why is it that player over maybe the other two candidates? I, I, you know, a month into the season, it was absolutely Penix um, because of what they were doing earlier in the year. I feel like the offense has, has, has it, it's, not, it's still really, really good, but it's like top five good and not by far number one good now. And, and that makes a difference to me. I honestly, uh, you know, Bonix would be second to me if I had a, 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 a you know, a vote. I absolutely don't want one, uh, but <laughs> I'll take it. Daniels, you got one. I'll take it. <laughs> no, yeah. Like Jane Daniels to me has, has, He's well, like I put in in the in the Sunday night column. You yeah. know, he's basically posting Kyler Murray's stats with one fewer game. He's on pace to top Kyler Murray uh, with only 13 games as opposed to 14, and that's absolutely ridiculous. He just he he shows up every single week. That his defense has allowed what like 47 points per game in their three losses. Uh, he has taken his game to a level I didn't really think he was capable of, and he would easily get my Heisman vote. Bonix would probably be second. Penix would probably be third uh, at this stage. But I just I, I can't go against Jaden Daniels. I you know I live in Columbia, Missouri. Watched him almost single handedly beat Missouri a few weeks ago, yeah. uh, and he just he seems to have raised the bar every single week since. I will always like him because he will. People try to use the Bonick shot of, well, of course he had to run from the SEC to get better to go play in the week Pac 12. <laughs> and we can always say, well, Jane Daniel wasn't very good at Arizona State. No. Now he's torching <laughs> the, the, the SEC. So I will always be thankful uh, for him for that. You know, looking at this weekend slate out here, obviously we're excited. The game will be on Friday. The, the Oregon, Oregon State, everything on, on the line. I know Oregon State lost last weekend in a tight game to Washington. I'm just curious when you start to look at the numbers and the metrics, I think Oregon fan looks at it and says, this is a pretty good matchup for us. We're a little more stout up front. Uh, haven't let teams run the ball efficiently like Oregon State did to us last year. Not sure about DJ beating us down the field. When you look at this matchup, what are the things that stand out to you? Yeah, I mean, that, that's basically it. I think, or, I mean, Oregon State's run game is still absolutely ridiculous. And, and you know, even last week it looked really good. Damian Martinez, his balance. Like, he's got to have the strongest core in college football. Yeah. You can't knock him off balance. Um, but... I just think Oregon's too good. I think Oregon will you know, will win this one. They'll beat Washington in the rematch. Um, since that Washington loss, they have taken things to a completely different level. I guess they did kind of they kind of messed around against Washington State the next week, but the last four games have all been absolutely ridiculous, aside from a couple drives against USC. And and they're just I think they're the whatever fourth or fifth best team in the country right now at worst, and and they will win because of it. But I love this Oregon State team. I think they're. Um, again, the run game is really, really interesting. DJ, uh, yeah, he's, he's just good enough that you can understand his limitations. He's just good enough that he shows you what, what his ceiling is. Mm. Uh, and the defense might not be quite trustworthy enough to, to make stops, especially against the run. But no, I think if Oregon wins this game, it's because they're really, really good. Just went out of obligatory. Nobody's giving us a chance after that answer from Bill. Just wanted to throw, just wanted to throw that <laughs> yeah, in there. Yeah, nobody's giving I'm Oregon a shot. I'm trying to do this underdog route this year, Bill. I'm trying to do this like nobody's giving Oregon a chance thing, and you really just threw that in my face, so I just had to throw that in after your answer there. <clears throat> That's I'll, I'll, I'll try harder next time. <laughs> I, I, You know, I, I get it. You, you are a very smart man, and my co-host is a very smart man. I get why on paper what we've seen the last few weeks – we conclude that Oregon beats Washington. Why are you, you seem just so confident. You're a numbers guy. You're very smart. But I, I watched, Bill, I was at this Oregon State-Washington game, and I know statistically it doesn't jump off the page. Penix's numbers are sub-200, two touch, no picks. 
it was pouring rain. I can't stress how hard it was raining. <laughs> I could barely yep. see the plays actually happening on the field. It was raining so hard at one point. I'm just curious why we all feel so confidently and we're just kind of overlooking Washington in most of these conversations. Yeah, and I think, I mean, there, there's a point to that, and there's a point to just the fact that you know clearly this Washington team at this point has massive amounts of perseverance and, and maturity and confidence that, okay, that's fine. Things are going well. We're just going to wait this out, and, and we're going to eventually make the plays, and they've proven that to themselves uh, that that will happen. So I think – I, you know, I, I think eventually, even if Washington wins, they're, the defensive front after the Oregon game, I was thinking, you know, this is something, this is the one area where they need to improve down the stretch. Braylon tries and whatnot. They need to start making a few more plays. They kind of dodged a bullet with all those fourth downs against Oregon, but now they can improve. Instead, they've gotten much, much less disruptive up front. Uh, secondary is good. Offense has clearly proven, even if it's only kind of top five-ish good now, it's top five Top right. five's really good. Top yeah. five's a really high bar. And they've proven time and again that they're when they need to score, they're going to go down and score. Um, but I, I I just think Oregon's too good. I think that's where it is. And since they played last time, in a game where it really was, did come down to a few fourth downs, since they played, Washington has gotten a hair worse and Oregon's gotten a couple steps better. And I think that's what makes the difference. Although, if it helps, I will say that Washington's unbeaten. Therefore, they're really good. They won the first one. They won the rematch. So clearly, they clearly are the better team. Uh, but I'm not going to believe it when I say that. I love that you had to tell us top five's really good because you were you were saying it in a way it was yeah. like, ah, they're only I mean, top only five. number five. I mean, come on, Penix, figure it out. Uh, what What is the model? I can't wait for Saturday in the Michigan-Ohio State game. Like, the ramifications of that, of Ryan Day losing maybe a third in a row to a non-head coach on the other side, or Michigan, everybody's going to say the only reason you're winning is because you were cheating. If they lose, what's the model telling you about that matchup? Uh, right now it has Michigan by six um, wow. overall, so slightly mm-hmm. ahead of the line. If I will say if trends mean anything at all of this game, they, they, they are shifting very quickly in Ohio State's direction over the last three weeks. And we can all have our own theories as to why. Uh, Michigan has underachieved, suddenly under, started underachieving against projections over the last three weeks. You know, we can conspiracy, we, we can come up with some reasons for that, but whatever it is, they have underachieved over the last three weeks, especially uh, against Maryland this past week. And, you know, maybe, you know, maybe that's the start of a trend. Maybe it just means that they knew Ohio State was all that mattered. Uh, you know, even against Penn State, um, it wasn't really ever in question. Um, and, and so, you know, maybe it was just that they were saving themselves for, for Ohio State. Maybe it means they're not as good as they were a month ago. And I think that's going to kind of decide this game. Ohio State has waited a year. They remodeled their defense. Suddenly they have, you know, after all those big plays at the end of the last year, so they're not allowing any this year whatsoever. Yeah. Um, they, they probably had either the best or second best defense in the country. And now we get to find out if it was all worth it. It's, it's amazing to think about, like, anything's possible after this game. Ryan Day getting fired. Ryan Day winning the national title. Any, anything uh, could happen uh, as a result of this game. And, and man, it's, it is – I feel less sure about it than I did about three weeks ago, and that's kind of a fun feeling. Uh, you, I, I give you a lot of credit. I, I haven't said this to you. I haven't tweeted it to you. I give you a lot of credit, Bill, because you will just every Saturday, you just tweet out this amazing looking meal that your wife makes you for dinner. <laughs> and why I commend you for that is because people on the internet are mean. I once tweeted out a, a photo of some food that didn't look amazing, but it just tasted good because I was super stoned. And I got insulted a lot, and I just I don't do it anymore. And so I commend you for it. What is the dish? Mrs. Conley makes 
that get that gets Bill's loins moving a little bit. He's like he wakes oh. up excited because he can't wait to eat this dish from the missus. Well, I think I, this is a cop out answer, but I think um, what's exciting is that you know the our versatility at this point is very very strong. And when we come up with an idea, I you know it, when it's not football season, I help. We love like we're we're good in the kitchen together. You know, it's it's fun making meals. I'm gonna I'm gonna be able to help for Thanksgiving, thankfully. But um, you know, knowing that hey, we just we chose Wisconsin as the theme for this week, and she's going to absolutely nail cheese curds on her first try. That's a really good feeling. <laughs> Because uh, I mean, we have, we got the you know the the farmers market cheese curds. They, 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 there was an applewood smoked version that we wow. tried, and it was the one of the best things I've ever had in my life. Just just knowing that whatever we're going to try is going to taste good, that's a good feeling. Uh, I'm dirt. I'm hungry for cheese now. I don't know about you, but I think the way he just described him and his missus cooking, I have like the movie Ghost. With Swayze yeah, and Demi Moore yeah. making clay pottery, I have them doing that with cheese curds yeah, this weekend, like, like handmade noodles and stuff. Right, We're doing the whole thing. Yeah. Man. yeah, we're all jealous of the Connollys at ESPN underscore Bill Siegel. Give him a follow. The SP Plus model, ESPN college football writer, the commissioner, He's, the commissioner. He's one of the best out there, man. Go give him a follow. Follow his work. We love chatting with him. Thanks as always, Bill. Happy Thanksgiving, and hopefully we can catch up again here soon. Thankful for you, Bill. Yeah. Sounds good. Thanks. There you go. Bill Connolly. thankful for me? Or, I mean, I'm thankful, thankful for you. I'm very thankful for you. I don't know if I want you to be thankful yeah, for that's me. That's true. I know. Yeah. It's kind of a... How about that? Not giving Oregon any chances, man. Loves Washington in the Pac-12 title game. Thinks Oregon State's going to win on Friday. Sure doesn't. my season's going to yeah. collapse and burn. No I chance. Do, I do. It's a sub thing with Bill Connolly, but him and his wife, they choose like college... I know every... They do a like, different location for every Saturday. <laughs> yeah. And he said this one is Wisconsin, so they're doing cheese curds. Man. Cheese curds sound Some delicious. Kielbasa maybe going oh, with yeah, that. Dude. Oh, Cheese curds. Don't I feel like Swigard wants to dive into a little three-way cooking thing with the Conleys. <laughs> it's like, hey, let me open this thing up, huh? What's your way into that kitchen? <laughs> we only live once, Conleys. Uh, now we're talking. No. Okay, let's Whoa. get to the mail sack. Uh, what's going on here? Um, let's get to the mail sack. Your questions welcome. We'll get to those coming up next. All right, we're getting spicy in here during the breaks. Welcome back in. 837. Let's get to the sack. You guys ready? Are Sack we getting up. spicy? Or? Yeah, everybody's, I think everybody's dirt's passionate. just extra spicy. <laughs> People don't everybody's know. passionate, man. Dirt's got a dark side. <laughs> it's there. Well, I think Dirt got fired up thinking about Alderwood smoked cheese curds. I did. I that, that got me going. Fire. My nipples got hard there for a moment. I'm not into cheese curds, but when you like start using big words next to cheese curds, uh, Alderwood smoked, I'm like, right. yep, I'm in. Smoked cheese curds. I had a smoked just... cream cheese with a raspberry oh. chipotle last night. Yeah. I didn't make it. My buddy did. That but sounds awesome. Man, it was good. Now, one of the favorite things I make on the Traeger is a smoked onion cream cheese dip mm. with fresh chives. Mm. Oh, I love chives. Mm. Oh, the chives. <laughs> You need uh, to settle down. Yeah, oh. easy, easy, easy. We've been blowing and going. Let's yeah, get, we have. Let's get to the sack, all right? Uh, what is your least favorite food at Thanksgiving and pumpkin pie or no? Green bean casserole by a galaxy mile and uh, pumpkin pie, yes. It's not my favorite, but yes. Uh, pumpkin pie, I will not turn down, but if you have pecan pie, nice. I will take that first. <laughs> if you have chocolate cream coconut cream Ooh, pie, I will take that I'm first. In. Some silky chocolate cream pie. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, get the yams and the sweet potatoes the hell out of, oh. get them away. Okay. I love sweet potatoes. So I yeah. I'm with the, the, the anything like cranberry related. Like I don't know how cranberries wedged their way into Thanksgiving. I'm not a you big, don't like a cranberry sauce. I'm not well, a cranberry uh, sauce guy. I don't like. I'm just not. I'm out on cranberry. That's your number one. Probably my number over one over mushrooms and green beans and some weird liquid. I like green bean casserole. Oh, I know. No! 
I'm weird. I'm weird. I understand oh. that I'm in, I'm an outlier See, I there. See, I like green bean casserole because usually when it gets cooked, the green beans just cook down into squishy I mean, nothingness. I mean, it has to be done right. It, yeah. And if I'm going to have green beans... I, I want them a little al dente. Crisp, yeah, a little crisp, a little soft, <laughs> so kind of I did perfect. That. No, the thing you do, uh, you get some bake. You do green bean bundles, so you blanch them real quick. You take like a small handful. You take a piece of bacon, bow tie it, put it on parchment paper, olive oil, Parmesan cheese, right in the oven. Mm-hmm. Are you still putting the mushroom crap in there? No mushroom. Cream, no mushroom, 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 mushroom in no, no, general no, no, no. or just on green bean casserole? Because I've kind of grown on mushrooms. I'm not a big, I didn't used yeah. to be a big oh, mushroom I put guy. mushrooms in the stuffing. Yeah. I'll ch- oh, I see. I, I wouldn't want it in the stuffing. I will chop mushrooms up occasionally just to have it. And yeah. I like mushrooms on pizza. Oh, okay. Uh, not that you really taste it much anyway. Now, see, or- sauteed mushrooms uh, in a little uh, white wine, garlic, and butter to put on top of a steak. Absolutely wonderful. I also mm. watched The Last of Us, and mushrooms are coming for us. It's <laughs> what my takeaway was is mushrooms are going to run the world. That seems legit. Yeah. I just look, everybody can like mushroom green, green bean casserole, whatever the hell you call it, all you want. I just know everything. Thanksgiving I've ever gone to green bean casserole half of it is always left at the end of the night because most people there. are with me you got some crazy aunt there. that shows up with a jello mold still at Thanksgiving or are those like long uh, gone I think jello no. molds are mostly gone those are out in 93 you know I'm not the biggest mashed potato guy either, but we don't need to get into that again. But so, so yours is cranberry cran- related. Cranberry related. Yours yeah. is yams? Yam sweet potatoes. What's the difference? Uh, I, I, there is a difference. I don't know what it is, but I yeah, what can't is stand That's either a, one of them. I so love get sweet them out potatoes. I do too. I don't really know well, yams. What is A yam is different a, color. A kind of sweet potato, it appears. I think it's a different color. It's kind of an orange, purple. Like outside's purple, inside's orange. I have that no idea. Like They're both potato. orange. Yeah. I don't know. What is the worst side dish? Of the three. I'm going to put up all three at Dirt and Spring. <laughs> okay, we'll get a poll question going on that. All right, next one up on the mail sack. Uh, Dirt, who is an all-time player you admired or hate-liked from the Beavers over the years? And Swag and Brandon, who is a player from the Ducks you admired or hate-liked over the oh, years? That's a great question. It's a really good question. Hated DeAnthony Thomas. I'm going to be honest with you. I thought he was massively overrated, his career at Oregon. I thought he was going to be Reggie Bush, and he like has some highlights, but I and he missed a downfield yeah. block that cost your team a title. <laughs> I'm just getting angrier and angrier uh, as this rant is a lot of money to choose Oregon over SC on signing day, which surprised everybody. Face, this rant, this is going to happen. I was always and uh, pro Mariota. I I was one of the weird oh, Beaver fans was, that yeah, thought the yeah. newspaper thing by Oregon State was really classy. And I don't know, maybe Oregon would do that. I would hope they would, but I thought that was really classy, and I I liked him. He seems like such a good dude. Okay. Uh, for me, I always uh, had a jealousy, admired, feared Haloti uh, uh, Nata. Mm. Like, Love why can't Oregon State find one of those? Well, I mean, those don't. I know. They <laughs> don't grow on Hall of Fame defensive tackles. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he was, but he was so dominant for them. Uh, it just, you, you watch defense and you're like, there he is, like, blowing up three guys on the offensive line. And it, yeah. it was, it was insane. It's funny that I don't really have, I've never been the kind of fan that, like, hates the players on the other team. And there's there's got to be one beaver. But there's that a, just ge- didn't I like. think it's more of a jealousy thing. It's more thing of a personality of, thing. Like, I just don't like people and some yeah. people in general. It didn't have to, anything to do with the fact that they were a beaver. Okay. I'll change my answer then based on that. Okay, the one that I, I always, like, I, it would have been cool if he was, I always loved James Rogers. I loved his game. Good dude. A really good dude. I had Truly a buddy who lived dude. with him when he was in yeah. college. Like, I, James Rogers is one of those guys that you're like, I was, especially with the injury that happened to him and the way that stuff went down, I, I was always a James Rogers fan. When he tore his ACL, it messed him up. I think it got to him mentally, too, because he That's physically brutal, wasn't quite the same. Uh, I had a great moment at a practice once with James Rogers post the ACL injury and him just randomly telling me a story and a quote. Uh, I'm going to change it. Okay. I'm going to go from Dat Harris. 
Cliff Harris. Yeah. yeah. Smoked it all. <laughs> hey, I don't care about, what do I care about the weed part? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm That's saying not... this is why maybe you liked yeah. it. It's because yeah. he smoked it all. No. I, no. I just, yeah. just didn't like didn't like him. Okay. Didn't like him much. I don't have a lot of that with Oregon players. Yeah. I really don't. Yeah. I actually tend to like and most of them. And going old school, but... we always carried a torch for J.J. Burden. Yeah, I mean, how do you not? I mean, I mean Anthony well, Newman and J.J. Burden camp. That is right in my yeah. wheelhouse, man. Anthony Newman doesn't understand. I've told him this to his face. He doesn't. It doesn't resonate. You know when you say something to somebody and they're glossed over? That's Anthony when I'm like, yo, I went to your camp, but it was a pretty big deal for me. And he's like, cool. <laughs> he's just I like, brought cool. in the, uh, I still have an Anthony Newman, J.J. Burden camp t-shirt from I when I was have, a kid. I lost it years ago. They autographed it when I was at the camp. And the first year we did Ducks together, I brought it into one nice. of the shows. I was like, dude, I still have this. And he was like, that's awesome. <laughs> and it's like, a t- I mean, it fits like an yeah. eight-year. I don't know how old I was. I was tiny. I thought it was the coolest thing to go to that camp. That was a big deal, dude. Huge. Like NFL guys coming back, throwing a camp. I went to, me and my brother went to that camp every year. Northeast Portland, for me, had two things that I yeah, looked forward to doing. SEI basketball camp was a major deal, especially for me because I was white. Like, there was like three white people at that camp. <laughs> Not a lot of whites there. Not a lot of whites, and they weren't getting picked first. <laughs> uh, but your boy had a nice jumper back in the day, so some of those people would regret not picking me. And Anthony Newman, J.J. Camp, massive deal for a child. You yeah. got to go to that thing. It was like, man, these are the best. Like, in my mind, it was like the best players. <laughs> I wasn't one of them, but the best players. It's always fun. Mail sack question. What are the chances Lane Kiffin's kid actually signs with Oregon? I, I don't know. He's a 2028 recruit. He's in like seventh grade. We'll we'll he'll let that one play out a little bit. He, he will probably go to his dad's. I have no clue if he's even any good to play Division One football. He's a he's a middle schooler. We're a ways off from that. But that was a pretty funny story a week or two ago. Uh, Mail sack. We always talk about what we're excited for for Thanksgiving. What are you least excited about for Thanksgiving? Uh, I think having my, to work Friday morning. Uh, that's a good. That's definitely it. Well, I have Thursday off, so I mean, it's still gonna suck to wake up at four a.m. Well, it just it impacts you. Get the Thursday scaries. Like as the day goes on, you're like, all right, I gotta kind of. I don't you think know, I will. You don't think you will? Friday show's pretty simple for us. Yeah. I mean, we might yeah. talk about some of the NFL action from Thursday, but it's primarily gonna be like it's just what the it notion is. of because my family all gets together. I mean, there's 20, 25 of us getting together. And so, and our family likes to enjoy themselves. So I'm going to have to, you like know, at some point there's got to be a cutoff. I got to duck out because I got to get up at four 30. Are you the weirdest Swigard? I don't think so. <laughs> Who's the weirdest Swigard? You, yeah. you got a crazy aunt, you got I mean, a cousin that you're like, oh, eh, everybody's kind of looking at him like his cousin Eddie. Weird. Who's the no, weirdest? I don't. I don't think there's anybody that you would classify as weird. I'm just hoping tomorrow when we have our family Thanksgiving, I just I just want to get through unscathed. I <laughs> can we not talk about vaccine? Can we not talk about Biden and Trump? Can can we not talk about downtown Portland? Like there's just a topics. Can, can we just get through without bringing these up and yeah. get back to America where we played games and we talked yeah. about dumb things and had fun. And we watch football and we it, sit yeah. on the couch. And yes. That's, you know, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, let's see here. I wanted to get one more in here. Uh, this one's a random one. I'm assuming this is a Bo Nicks question. Uh, P1 Adam wants to know who's going to have the better NFL career, OSU's Martinez or Oregon's Knicks, but he spelled it N I C K S. That might have been an autocorrect. I'm assuming it's an autocorrect. Probably an autocorrect. Better, better NFL career, Damian Martinez or Bo Nicks? It's a random comparison. That's hard. But Martinez still has another year, so I don't know. Like, yeah. If he stays healthy, he's only a true sophomore, right? Yeah. Martinez? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. What do you think about Jamar Jefferson's career? Because he also was putting up pretty good numbers, and now he's like, some of these backs from our two programs don't catch on quite so like running backs. For running backs, man. because yeah. you're just, they just, 
NFL teams just churn through him. I really like him, but like taking on some See, of those I bruising think Nick's, hits. Yeah. Whether or not he starts, breaks through, and starts and has something of a special NFL career, I don't know about. But I think Nick's will be on an NFL sideline for a decade because you can't somebody that hmm. is as intelligent as him can pick up an offense as a backup quarterback. And his mentality and what he comes in and a teammate and all that stuff. I mean, as long as he wants to go to be a you know, be a quarterback in the NFL, I think he could be around for a decade, fifteen years if he wanted to be. Now, whether or not he starts and takes over a team and and does something, you know, similar to you know, what Justin Herbert's attempting to do with the Chargers, that's another story. But I could see him being in the league for 15 I, years. I have a heart. I, I, this isn't a shot at him. I just think Herbert 6'5 with that cannon. Yeah. To, to be that, I don't have that expectation with Bo Nix. I'll just go, I'll go other side. I'll say, I'll say Damian. I think Damian can be a good football player. Running backs, harder position to longevity wise do, but I, I'll go Damian. Running, I have no clue how to analyze running backs going from college to NFL. You mentioned Jamar Jefferson. He was great. You know how many career carries he has in the NFL? 15. Yeah, not a lot. That's it. I thought like he, seven games in his career. That's I didn't even know where he is. He's still with the Lions. We got to go. He's. I don't <laughs> even know if he's in the NFL anymore. Mm-hmm. I will say the the thing on Nick's last thought on it is that I he could benefit if he drops a little bit. Like if you get him back at the top ten, and there's a team like the Jets there, they need, need somebody court- to be patient. with Yes, him, like right? draft him, sit him for right. a year, go to a decent spot, not be a top number one overall pick, and go to the Bear like a dumpster fire. He's got a shot there, but. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Minnesota could Minnesota. be a good one, too. Um, all right, we'll wrap it up and send you on your way on a Tuesday next on The Fam. Well, that'll do it for us on a Tuesday. Got a little long there on the sack. TSL, baby. <laughs> That's Swag's fault. Damn it. Give me a breakdown of how to make the most disgusting side dish at Thanksgiving. Hey, make sure you go like the video on YouTube if you haven't already. Subscribe to the channel. We love you all. Tomorrow we are here. It'll be the best drinking day of the year. Are you guys excited for that? I drank two beers last night and my stomach hurt. Did it? Man. I don't. I don't drink anymore, man. We're getting soft, man. We're getting old. Oh, I've always been soft, but like, and they were light beers, by the way. <laughs> my buddy drinks so much light beer, he just gave me a second without asking, and I'm like, oh, I guess I got to drink this. I had yeah. a fine cocktail with the uh, with the dinner. Yeah, you can have cocktail. There a you go. Sticky icky. Yeah. Ooh wee. No, sounds like a good little Wednesday. Well, Cookies, that- brownies, gummies, <laughs> you know, whatever. That'll do it for us, folks. Bill Connolly was great talking the weekend of college football. Go check that out at the Service Patriots podcast. You can check the rest of the show there as well. 1080thefan.com, at Dirt and Sprague, and at 1080thefan. We love you all. We're thankful for you all. Thank you for being a part of our Tuesday. We will talk to you tomorrow at 6 a.m. Colin is next. You're listening to 1080 The Fan.